Nice to see all of you again. <clears throat> nice to be here back in Mahayapu. It's coming from the uh, North American Strategic Meetings and Tara Festival of Inspiration in Vrindavan. And from Gila Nagri, where one of our greatest preachers, Bhakti Chaitya Swami Maharaj, is terminally ill with cancer, but he's in very dynamic spirits, preparing himself to go back to Krishna and uh, giving pertinent spiritual guidance in this crucial moment. Krishna only comes in all of our lives. <clears throat> if I give him all the strength. Dedicate this prayer and then uh, for the time factor I'll chant the prayer. When I go like this, it goes
Nyang Gunetya Kataram Yada Rashtan Rupasyati Gunethyas Cha Param Deti Mat Bhavam So Digachati Nanyangune Bhyakataram Yada Drashtanupasyati Gunebhyascha Parangveti Madhavam Sadigachati Nanyang Gunebhyakartaram Yada Drashtanupasyati Gunebhyascha Parangveti Madhavam Sodigachati Translation by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki. When you see that there is nothing beyond these modes of nature in all activities, and that the Supreme Lord is transcendental to all these modes, then you can know my spiritual nature. Translation of repetition. When you see that there is nothing beyond these modes of nature, when you see that there is nothing beyond these modes of nature in all activities, in all activities, and that the Supreme Lord, and that the Supreme Lord is transcendental to all these modes, then you can know my spiritual nature. Then you know my spiritual nature. Anybody here doesn't know English? I guess if I ask in English, no. Kyo hai English nahi janta, Hindi janta kyo? Okay, maybe someone can translate for her. Kyo hai kewa Hindi janta? So you'll translate to help her? Alguien que solamente habla español no entiende inglés. We give classes in in some parts of the world in our Middle East programs. We have about twelve different languages translated. And Mayapur during the festival we have maybe fifty languages. They have. Uh, FM radios with six languages going on. Chinese, Japanese, Russian, Spanish, English, of course, and something else. And then, other than that, they have so many other subgroups. So. Like everybody that's here, that they can understand. So the purport given by Śrīla Prabhupāda, one can transcend all the activities of the modes of material nature simply by understanding them properly by learning from the proper souls. The real spiritual master is Krishna, 
and he is imparting this spiritual knowledge to Arjuna. Similarly, it is from those who are fully in Krishna consciousness that one has to learn the science of activities in terms of the modes of nature. Otherwise, one's life will be misdirected. By the in, uh, instruction of a bona fide spiritual master, a living entity can know of his spiritual position, his material body, his senses, how he is entrapped, how he is under the spell of the material modes of nature. He is helpless being in the grip of these modes, but when he can see his real position, then he can attain to the spiritual platform, the transcendental platform, having the scope for spiritual life. Actually, the living entity is not the performer of different activities. He is forced to act because he is situated in a particular type of body, conducted by some particular mode of material nature. Unless one has the help of spiritual authority, he cannot understand in what position he is actually situated. With the association of a bona fide spiritual master, he can see his real position. And by such an understanding, he can become fixed and full Krishna Consciousness. A man in Krishna Consciousness is not controlled by the spell of the material modes of nature. It has already been stated in the seventh chapter that one who has surrendered to Krishna is relieved from the activities of material nature. Therefore, for one who is able to see things as they are, the influence of material nature gradually ceases. Adihi Om Tat Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport to chapter 14, text 19 in the matter of the three modes of material nature. Actually, I was looking for some verse about Mother's Day appropriate, but I couldn't find anything to Bhagavad Gita. And this opens, so this was a very nice verse, but we'll, we'll bring it around to Mother's Day later. Okay. That uh, in the material world, there's the three modes. Anybody here knows the three modes? What's the, what's the highest mode? Yes. Okay, sattva. Sattva means goodness. And what's the intermediate, the middle mode? Who gets that? Rajas. What does that mean in English? Passion. What is the lower mode? Tamas. Which means ignorance. So just like there's uh, three primary colors, yellow, red, and blue, and you mix them in different combinations and in our computers we get how many colors? 16 million or something? <laughs> And uh, but there's unlimited uh, colors just by mixing three colors to varying various degrees. So according to the way that our mix, that's how our nature tends to be. If someone is predominantly angry, they got a strong mode of ignorance, or if they're envious, they're predominantly greedy, passionate, or lusty, then 
It could be in a mode of passion or for domination, but nobody has a pure mix. So they're very charitable, care about others. They're by nature very religious, God-loving, God-fearing. They could be in a mode of uh, goodness. But then because there's all these mixes, you get a mix, someone who has a religious, uh, but he's very angry. Things like that, or someone who's... Usually the normal mixes you get are the ignorance and passion. And uh, But everybody has a little goodness. You always find that even in a... In a in, a, in people that may have a lot of different baser kind of modes, but there's still some good qualities always shine through. And ultimately what the philosophy is, is that the spirit soul is beyond these three modes. These are all coverings. That the living force that's in this body is who we actually are. We are this living force or the spiritual energy. And we are transcendental to these three modes. But because we have this body, we've been conditioned. How many of you are going to, uh, to some educational institution? Right, so they're trying to condition you <laughs> with particular kinds of knowledge. And some may be neutral or some may be really pointed. But through the whole education we go through in our life, we tend to get conditioned to seeing things in a particular way depending on the environment we grow up in, the type of uh, association we keep. It says that somebody hangs around with uh, alcoholics, they'll probably become an alcoholic. And they hang around with drug addicts, they'll probably become a drug addict. They hang around with thieves, they'll probably become a thief. So association, peer pressure is a very strong imp impetus on us. We get, can, we get affected by the modes of the people that we are associated with. Therefore, it's important to associate with people who are spiritual or transcendental. Because the goal is not just to be good, but to transcend all the three modes. The mode of goodness is better for spiritual development than the other modes. So the more we can have mode of goodness, that's uh, usually helpful. But ultimately, we want to transcend these modes and become situated in a transcendental platform. In the material world, everything is being done by this influence of these different modes. And we think that this is what I'm doing, but it's actually, we're just being swept along by a flow of the influence of our conditioning, of our association, Just like someone, they, they may not want to get into a fight, but they get into the fight anyway, they get into an argument, just because their nature is such, it just drags them into certain situations. So how do we rise above this nature? That's where the chanting, of the mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. This is so effective because it awakens our spiritual consciousness, liberates our mind from the contamination of the 
modes of material nature. There's a verse in the Sriman Bhagavatam that says this present age of Kali is a, basically a, filled with so many defects, so many faults. It is like an ocean of problems. Kalo nidhi rajhan mahat guna. But amongst all those problems, there's one overridingly good, overriding good quality. Kirtanat eva krishnasya. That's the possibility to chant the names of Krishna. Kirtanat. Kirtan means chanting. Krishnasya means chanting Krishna's names. Mukta sangha parangvajet. We get freed from the contamination and the association of the modes of nature. And we get transferred at the end of this life back to the spiritual world. So normally it's very difficult to get back to the spiritual world, even in better ages, but this chanting is so powerful that it works very quickly. It was just as Krishna says that I'm transcendental to all these modes. Supreme Lord is transcendental. When we realize that, then you also when you understand that Krishna and his name are not different. So by chanting the name of Krishna, we're directly associating with Krishna in the form of a sound vibration, a transcendental sound vibration. This is known as uh, Sabda Brahman or transcendent sound, a transcendental sound, an absolute sound. Just like there's uh, the Jagannath Baladev Subhadra, they're known as Daru Brahma. Daru means wood. Brahma means the absolute. So absolute truth and wood. Because Jagannath is always made out of wood. So one of his names is Daru Brahma. And this is Sabda Brahma, sound. Sabda means sound. To have the, the absolute truth packaged in a sound. You can sing the absolute truth. You can associate by sound. So many people nowadays, they're, they're walking around with these MP3 players and you see now they have little stick ones hanging around their neck and they just put in the air and they're going. So they want to be always in contact with some kind of sounds. I don't know if, I doubt it's Sabda Brahman <laughs> for most people. But uh, you can put any sound on those. So you can also be hearing Prabhupada's chanting or some bhajans or some different uh, mantra <coughs> chanting. And But we want to be in connection with sound, so that's a kind of an environment that we create, sound environment. And if we can have that environment be a spiritual, the chanting of the holy names, then we become purified from this contamination of the three modes. We get uplifted to complete spiritual happiness. There's happiness in all the three modes, but those happinesses that are temporary and limited, but happiness that comes from the transcendental realm, that's unlimited and un yeah, that's completely satisfying. This morning in Gita Nagari, we were discussing about Mother Sachi. She's like that universal mother. 
that she was mother of the Supreme Lord. And how Lord Chaitanya was glorifying her that somehow I took sannyas and this was not a wise thing for me to do, but like a madman I, I did it because of certain situations. So in this way I have not been able to serve my mother, but she's always been serving me so nicely. So in this way I committed some offense. But she's so merciful because she's uh, such a loving mother that she doesn't uh, hold uh, these things against me. She forgives her, even her mad uh, son, for some mistakes that he's made. So she's cooking for me some very nice vegetables and I described some of the nice vegetables. I don't know if, uh, if I described all you the things, the beautiful things that Mother Sachi cooked then you might get too hungry for the feast. <laughs> but all kinds of vegetables and rices and beautiful uh, sweet preparations and just, just a wonderful uh, feast she prepared. Then she was thinking that my son, he loves these uh, vegetables, especially in Eastern India, in Bengal, Orissa, and Bihar, and parts of UP along the Gangelic, there's a wide variety of vegetables. There's a vegetable called portal, portal, which is like little torpedoes, <laughs> small gourds, but very thin uh, skin. And so they make a very beautiful uh, vegetable. And sometimes they make uh, a plant with uh, neem leaves called Neem Begun. Then they have uh, some types of uh, spinaches, palak, and other type of spinaches. And in Bengal, once they cooked me a spinach feast of 13 varieties of spinach. We just here in the mainly have the palak in the West, but there, there's so many varieties of, of green leafy vegetables. Some are more bitter and some are less bitter. The leaves of the pumpkin tender leaves of the pumpkin plant are maybe the sweetest of the types of green leafy vegetable, what they call sak. And there's one that grows uh, like a creeper on ponds with lotus, leaf, uh, lotus uh, flowers. That's called helancha, and that's very bitter. <laughs> but uh, all these different kinds uh, of uh, green leafy vegetables were very dear to Lord Chaitanya. He said by taking such a prasadam offered to Krishna, mostly people that, you know, bitter, the, the spinach may not be their most favorite, especially for the kids, right? They, they promote it a lot with Popeye and everything else. <laughs> but uh, you, you get, kind of grow into that taste. But for Lord Chaitanya, he really liked uh, those green leafy vegetables. Said this awakens love for Krishna when you offer such nice natural vegetables to Krishna and uh, partake of that remnant, that prasadam. So Lord Chaitanya was telling Shiva's that there was this time she's thinking she made all these beautiful. It was on the day of Vijay Dasami, a very special day in the, in the Hindu calendar the victory of Lord Ram over Ravan. So she had prepared a wonderful feast. Then she was lamenting that my son's not here to eat it. He likes all these things. 
So because of her devotion, Lord Chaitanya said that I went there. She pulled me there. Her motherly potency was so great, it just pulled me there. Because he is also incarnation of the Supreme Lord, so he can do such things. We may not be able to do that, but her devotion brought him there. And she was just thinking, lamenting that I offered all these nice things, but my son can't take them. So I ate all the prasad. <laughs> and then she looked down and saw the plates are empty. Then she got confused. How did it go? Maybe some animal came and ate it. <laughs> or maybe, uh, maybe I didn't offer it. It's so clean, like so. Maybe I forgot to put on the plate, and she went back in the kitchen and saw that all the pots were full. And she thought, "Oh, then what happened? Maybe I didn't offer. I was. I thought I offered." And <laughs> again, she filled up all the plates, uh, washed them, and filled them up, and. Offered again to that deity of Shaligram Shila. So Lord Chaitanya said, I want you to tell her that all these things happen, that she knows that when she cooks for me, I go there and I accept her offerings. She's, she sometimes thinks that I'm there, but then she doesn't know for sure. She thinks maybe she's just imagining it. I go there. Every day I go. So Mother Sachi's love is so great. Every day she cooks for Lord Chaitanya, he personally goes there and eats. There's one of those five places Lord Chaitanya always resides. And one of them is wherever his mother is cooking. She's like the mother of all cooks too. She's the super cook. <laughs> Whenever there's some big festival, she would cook and people, just, just by eating that prasadam, they would awaken their love for Krishna. How many would like some of Mother Sachi's uh, cooking? Evil. She was cooking for, uh, there's a festival at uh, Shantipur for the disappearance day of Madhavendra Puri. And Lord Chaitanya happened to visit there after about 10 years of being in Jagannath Puri. He came and he was there. And his mother was cooking uh, the offering for the deities. And there was such an elaborate arrangement. They didn't count like the quantities of things by numbers in the normal sense. They counted it by, by they built uh, small rooms, like sheds for the uh, different ingredients. And they would count by how many sheds they built. <laughs> 10 sheds of banana leaves, <laughs> five sheds of yogurt, so many you know, they come like that. That's I can't remember all the quantity, but it's like there's a huge village just for the sheds, for all the ingredients. For our feast, you know, we fill up one go down, <laughs> one little room, a storeroom. By the way, uh, in June 17, 18, 19, we'll be having the Panihati festival. <laughs> How many are going to be coming for Panihati <laughs> festival? <laughs> Guess where it's going to be held? Yeah. Right, this is Lupanihati Dam, name given by Prabhupada. And so we're going to request Mother Sachi to do the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember that on Mother's Day we're glorifying Mother Sachi. So, and, and also those people, there's uh, the details are posted somewhere.
Where? It'll be like you can see Sikkim Mahiti, there's also some opportunities for service to sponsor some of the prasadam and different kinds of artis and things. So it's a three day festival Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Rathyatra on Saturday, and Sunday will be the prasadam, uh, this, uh, the Chirajdahi festival, and many other. Prabhupada, Lila, Smarana, different things, and there'll be more, the more details will be worked out and posted. But, uh, so Mother Sachi, she was also cooking at this festival at Santipur. And Lord Chaitanya, he saw the elaborate arrangements and everybody so blissful. And he said, he said, anybody who comes here on this anniversary and takes prasadam, they will develop pure devotion for Govinda, for God. So we take, we take uh, about thousand devotees from Mayapur, sometimes two thousand, and it's four days before, three, four days before Gorpurnima. We take them to Shantipur so that they can all get the little prasad there and get love. They said, what one condition, you have to eat there. So anyone who comes here and eats prasadam at this place, you get Govinda Bhakti. You get... So the austerity, you have to go there and eat. <laughs> you have to eat, feast. What other process? There are many processes uh, for advancing in spiritual life. Many are saying we're the only way in this one. But here, we have different process. But this is the, I don't know, I never heard of any other where you can get liberation, you can get all the salvation by eating. <laughs> But because we eat the spiritual food, it's also a kind of sacrament. Well, I guess in the, holy, in the church they also have the sacrament, but you still have to go eat something else. Here the sacrament is a whole meal. <laughs> so the Lord knows our weakness and that we need the, to eat more the sacrament. So I give us this special mercy. My principle is the same. So, the mother Sachi, so she, it was told that you tell her all these things and she'll know that whenever she's cooking for me that I'm coming there. So she's, as mother of the Supreme Lord, she showed so much devotion by caring for the Lord of uh, the universe, then naturally everyone is very much indebted to her. She showed so many mother, motherly qualities. Mothers are always giving. In fact, even Prabhu was explaining once in this material world, it's very hard to find any instance of pure love. What people consider as love, generally it's always that there's some conditions to it. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. If you satisfy my desires, then, you know, then I love you. But if you don't satisfy, then I don't. But so if there's anything that comes closest to pure love in the world, it's the love of the mother, of a, of a loving mother for the children. Selflessly they're giving. I was thinking that how in Krishna consciousness, 
Like now in the modern world, there's not a lot of appreciation for parents and in many quarters. Some, I mean, it depends. One family to the next. Can't say anything universal, but generally, at least in the West, it's gone down quite a bit. But here, we, when we came to the Krishna conscious movement, we were trained more to see that how we are so much indebted to our parents for bringing us up, for all the efforts they did, all the sleepless nights while we were teething. Usually when people go through the grihastha life themselves, then they have their own children, then they, then they realize what my parents had to do for me. But in the, in the youth, we may not be so appreciative, not think of all those things. So part of uh, Krishna consciousness is to respect the family members, the, I mean especially the parents, the mother and father, for, the, for their uh, care, tender loving care, TLC. Then, <clears throat> All the efforts they made for that we come to wherever we are now. And of course, sometimes there's conflict. The parents may be well-meaning, but they may not understand when their son or daughter wants to become, uh, say, Krishna conscious, they want to chant Hare Krishna. Sometimes they think that this will be an impediment because they may be conditioned by these three modes of nature. It's not their fault really, it's just whatever conditioning they have. Some people that are more in the mode of goodness, they may appreciate, okay, it's religious, it's something good. So depending on their conditioning, they may like it or they may not like it. But from their point of view, they'll be probably thinking that uh, whatever, it's something then they try the thing in the interest of their children, usually. But if their ideas and sentiments are misplaced, it may be an obstacle. That way, sometimes there's a conflict between children and the parents in Krishna consciousness when the parents don't want the children to do anything. You're encouraging children to finish their education. We're not suggesting anybody should take sannyas, let them be married and serve Krishna if they like. But uh, they should have a spiritually oriented life. That's an essential thing for this age. And, and part of it is that uh, to appreciate, we want to appreciate and be respectful to our elders, to the parents. Ideally, is the whole family can be Krishna conscious. Grandparents, parents, children, grandchildren, four or five generations. That's the ideal thing. Everybody can be Krishna conscious together and all practice a unified spiritual life. Since Lord Chaitanya was in that situation, then he was being very polite and saying that I, there was really no need of me to take a sannyas. But he had to do that for some other reasons. But he was wanting to really humbly kind of appease his mother. That normally it's uh, his duty to serve. Of course, then there's uh, Krishna. His mother is two mothers, Devaki and Yasoda. Devaki was being held prisoner by Kamsa. 
So Krishna went to save Devaki. But all the childhood pastimes are realized by Yasoda. I said, Yasoda is always thinking about Krishna's welfare. So many wonderful qualities of these uh, Divine Mothers. Someone who is able to be the mother of a of the Lord or one of His uh, divine manifestations or representatives, they're all very holy. It's like Mother Mary, a very special position. In the Vedas, because there's so many avatars, many of them appear in human form than they have or mother. Kapila Muni's mother was Devahuti. In the case of Devahuti, she asks the questions of her divine son. And in the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, mother, the whole instruction are son to mother. Son is incarnation of Godhead and he is revealing absolute truth to his mother. Very interesting. She's a very awakened mother. She wants to get all the spiritual knowledge from her Divine Son. So she has very potent and very poignant questions. The discussion is the basis of the Sankhya Yoga, which is scientific study of the material energy to bring one to a spiritual understanding. As Krishna says in this verse here, if you understand the three modes of nature, if you can understand the material world, and then you understand that I am transcendental to this this material world, then um, you can know my spiritual nature. So this was possible by Mother Devahuti. She could understand everything from her Divine Son, Kapil Dev, Kapil Muni. Kapil Muni is supposed to still be meditating at Sagar Island. There's a temple there of Kapil Muni. Two years ago we went, two, three years ago. Well, this year, one, two, two years ago we went to Sagar Island by, with our Ganga Safari. With about 150 devotees, he went by boat, sleeping overnight in the boats. For 10 days, we were going from uh, Mayapur down to the ocean confluence of the Ganges in the ocean. And there we saw the ashram of Kapil Muni. And there's a deity there of Revahuti, the spiritual mother, who asked so many questions. Prabhupada once told me that uh, I had to preach to Mother Lori like uh, Kapil Muni did to Revahuti. <laughs> she comes here for our Pranihati festival someday. But she has not asked me those questions yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have to take more initiative. <laughs> but uh, she's also a very wonderful mother. So. <clears throat> 
Who else? Uh, Radharani, generally we can say that Radharani in a relationship with Krishna, Madhurya Rasa, but in her Radha's Hasranam, one of her thousand names is also as a universal mother. She's source of uh, Lakshmi and uh, Durga and all the other mothers, so she's the original mother. Especially when she's caring for the devotees, she's guiding them how to serve Krishna in a very motherly way. So mothers are always giving. They're caring about the uh, welfare. That was what was unique about Mother Sachi because Lord Chaitanya came before her after taking the sannyas. But because she knew that, well, if he is taking sannyas, then if he, if I tell him to leave his sannyas, it will be very detrimental for his religious principles. Once taking such a vow, you cannot leave it. So although it was heartbreaking for her, but she couldn't tell him that he should forsake his vows. Even it was very difficult for her. That was how she was such a selfless mother. And Lord Chaitanya fell at her feet and said, You please forgive me. Whatever I did, maybe I did it in madness or I did it in some sentiment. I wasn't leveled in my thinking, but I did like this. Actually, my body belongs to you. You gave my body birth. So what do you want me to do now? So then Lord Chaitanya's intention was he was going to go to Vrindavan, in the, which is in the Mayapur, is in eastern India and Bengal, and Vrindavan is in northwest India, about 1,400 kilometers, almost 900,000 miles away. So that will be very hard and that was very difficult terrain to cross to make a Mughal kingdoms and things in those days. So the bank, the uh, Jagannath Puri was much closer. So Mother Sachi said, you make your base at Jagannath Puri. Sometime you go to Vrindavan, but you live in Jagannath Puri, that way all the devotees, and I can get some news about you. Otherwise, we won't hear from you much. So all these uh, different exchanges that particular exchange happened at, again at Shantipur. So there were intense uh, devotion uh, between mother and mother, the motherly love of Mother Sachi. There was one situation where Mother Sachi She showed that she had to use to be to have a son like Lord Chaitanya and Imai Pandit. It was no joke. First, the father thought maybe in the future some astrologer said he may take sannyas, so better I don't get him educated. So he said, "No school for you. Better you stay 
uneducated, but stay in the house. <laughs> but then uh, Lord Chaitanya, he wanted to go to school. He wanted to uh, be playing the pastime like Krishna was a coward boy pastime, but Lord Chaitanya was a Brahminical pastime. So he wanted to study Shastra, he wanted to go to school. And, uh, but the parents wouldn't let him. So he became very... The mother would, the, the, the lady of the house usually would do the cooking. She would cook, she didn't have to wash any pots. They were disposable. <laughs> you cook once and then you throw it. So is that primitive or bad? We don't have disposable pots now. <laughs> you gotta scrub and wash. If you burn the rice, you're in big trouble. <laughs> so what they would do is, people, they had to have a little, like, in the back of where they didn't have all this uh, sanitary engineers, engineers, technicians coming and picking up the, the used uh, utensils. So they would, because it was all biodegradable, they'd dig a hole in the backyard and pile it there. When it was finished, filled up, they'd cover it with dirt and dig another one. <coughs> So there was a, such a refuse. Um, I mean, the plates in those days, even today in India, it's still there. The plates are banana leaves, or sometimes uh, some other kind of leaves, salpata or something. So this uh, banana leaves, very dire, it's uh, considered a very pure plate. I was reading uh, from the Vedic point of view, a lotus leaf is considered the, the purest. Well, the Prabhupada said one time that uh, stone plates are also pure, purest. Then after that comes gold plates, because they don't react chemically with uh, the food. Then after gold plate comes a banana leaf. Then next after that is silver. Then like that I think is uh, some brass. And then... Uh, then clay, but you only use it once. Of course, here for expensive china, where I don't know if they like it, throw it out. And, <laughs> but there they would have simple fired clay and use once and throw. Then the worst was considered iron. Now stainless steel is like maybe high up on the list of modern. Tell you the Iron Age. So they would eat off of banana leaves, so you don't have to wash the plates either. I heard in New York that somebody sells banana leaves, that sells uh, leaf plates. Maybe we should get for the Panihati festival. <laughs> Ram Bhadra, he was telling me, if I'm not mistaken. So, Lord Chaitanya, anyway, he went and stood on the pot, on the top of his broken pots and rotten leaves and decomposing there in the back. And uh, Mother Sachi said, what are you doing? My dear boy, you're a Brahmin boy, you're supposed to be a cultured, educated family, what are you doing standing on the garbage pit? He said, this is Asuchi. Asuchi means impure, unclean. He said, what do I know of suchi, asuchi, clean, unclean? I'm uneducated. 
I don't go to school. So I don't know what's right, what's wrong. I, I have to learn that by reading, by education. <laughs> he was being very naughty. <laughs> so finally Mother Sachi told the husband that, look it, this is not working. We, we cannot, nobody can stop that somebody's karma or fate. If they're going to be a sannyasi or whatever they're going to be, then uh, that's, we can't, it's not working to not send them to school, so. Like this, mothers, are, the wife is considered the intelligence for the husband sometimes. She's giving the good advice. Of course, he has to decide what to do, what not to do. It was in the traditional but <coughs> arrangement. But then what's traditional nowadays, everyone makes their own arrangements. But I read one verse in the Bhagavatam, said that wife is intelligence of the husband. So her duty is to give some advice. Any wives ever give advice to their husband? <laughs> Some of the husbands, I don't know, they're laughing or crying. Maharaj <laughs> got a good advice. <laughs> must be some good advice. Yeah. If they're Krishna conscious, says so a Krishna conscious uh, wife is a Griha Lakshmi. She's goddess of fortune in the house. So she must be giving good advice to <laughs> You know, all the husbands have been waiting for Father's Day. <laughs> huh? They want their turn. I don't know if I'll be here then. Yes, Father's Day. Really? June 17th, it's actually the Father's Day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's just making it like that. <laughs> so, anyway. Like this uh, one time, Mother Sachi, the little Nimai, he was. Uh, Mother Sachi gave him a plate of sandesh. You know what sandesh is? It's a special sweet made from, uh, from uh, curds, cheese curd. And uh, it's kind of ricotta cheese uh, sweet. Like a cheesecake, like they're filling up cheesecake. That's something like a sandesh. You all know what cheesecake is. If you ever uh, want to give a, some Favorite preparation to Balabhadra Prabhu, he likes cheesecake. <laughs> he doesn't keep it a secret. <laughs> so the sandesh is like that filling, something like that. Not exactly, but little, oh yeah, so that's the closest I can get like that. So she gave the, the sandesh some, some sweets. But Lord Chaitanya didn't uh, eat that, instead he was eating dirt. He was a very little toddler. At that time he was, say, maybe two, three years old. And then the mother said, what are you doing? I give you sweetmeats and you're eating dirt. 
He said, but it's all, everything is coming from dirt, no? It's all one. <laughs> so at three years old, he's uh, preaching to her Mayavadi philosophy. <laughs> all is one, Advaitavad. <laughs> you see, what is uh, Sandesh or dirt, it's all, you see, the same substance, uh, same material ingredient, so I can eat anything. So no, if you eat the sweetmeats, you get healthy, it's already, you see, prepared in a certain way. But if you eat dirt, you get sick. Just like if you take dirt and you mow and you take clay, which is nothing but dirt, and you fire it and make a pot, then you can hold water, but if you just put water on dirt, it will become mud. So it's not every uh, earth has different transformations. One transformation is edible, another transformation is not edible. Although it's dirt, it's simultaneously one and different. So she had to preach the unity and diversity philosophy. <laughs> and then there was, oh, why you didn't tell me this earlier? <laughs> so, Vimai made her work overtime <coughs> to keep up with all his antics. So like that, she was such a special mother. So we can remember her as a universal mother for <coughs> appreciating all mothers and all the kindness they give. And we hope that the best thing, of course, is the mother can give their children God consciousness. Prabhupada asked one mother, why you're taking care of your child? And she said, it's my duty. Prabhupada said, no. You're taking care of your child because you love your child. Because you love your child, you want to give your child the best in life. So you want your child to become God-conscious, Krishna-conscious, so that the child can get back to Godhead in his lifetime. End the cycle of samsara, birth and death, so on. So, because the mothers love their children, they want to see that their children become spiritually developed. There's another mother, of course, we're talking a little bit about Ganga. Sometimes Ma Ganga, she's also like a mother. We go to her, we bathe in her waters and she purifies us. So this year, just uh, in conclusion, I told her two years ago we went to the ocean and the Ganga confluence. So this year we wanted to go up to the Himalayas to the beginning of the Ganga. But we couldn't go, I mean, by boat it would take too long, so we went by train. Along the way, some places we went by boat on the Ganges. We went to Kanainachala from Mayapur to Kanainachala. Then we went to Patna, Patali Putra. Anybody here from Bihar? Patna, yes, the Patali Putra. Lord Chaitanya had gone there. Then we went to Gaya, a little side trip off the Ganges, because there is the 500th anniversary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's getting initiation. So we went to that initiation place in Gaya. Then we went back to the Ganga in Varanasi, where they do a beautiful Ganges puja there in Varanasi with thousands of tourists. We had 150, 160 devotees from about 40 countries. And we did a kirtan. They had five pujaris doing arti for one hour with so many different articles. It's late now, so I won't go into all the details. But, uh, it was very 
anybody wants to hear, I can tell later. Maybe at the Panihati I can show slides. Very beautiful Ganges uh, Puja and Varanasi. Then they went towards Allahabad, stopped at Sita Mari, where Sita entered into the earth. She's another universal mother. And uh, we went to Prayag, Chittaraj, with the confluence of Ganga, Saraswati, and Jamuna. Took our bath there. We went down also to the, saw the place there. We saw, you know, like this, we followed. There's so many places that take a long time to say everything. We went up then to Hardwar, Arikapuri, where uh, uh, we also did chanting while, and while during the Ganga Puja. And we were given special gifts by all by the Ganga Puja Society there, they gave us bottles of Ganges water. <laughs> what a nice gift. <laughs> and other and prasadam. Then we went to uh, Rishikesh. So we were also chanting there, they do Ganga Puja. We got so inspired by Ganga Puja that I told the Mayapur about Ganga Puja and they decided, okay, Mayapur, we're going to start Ganga Puja. <laughs> so they're arranging all the details and they're going to do, we'll have a regular year-round Ganga Puja. We're doing from the Samadhi, but we'll do it in a formal way also. Then we went to the place where the Ganges comes down in different streams. There's Alakananda, there's Bhagirati, and they're joined together at a place called Deva Prayag. And from that point on, she's known as Ganga. So we're going, we went to the Deva Prayag and we took our bath there. It's a really amazing place. Through the mountains you see all this. this Alakananda River comes down blue color and the Bhagirati comes down in a brownish uh, color. Pretty fast they're meeting together. You have to hold on a rope and just dip in. And it's a melted glacier, so it's very freezing. Cold water there. So all the devotees went and we, so we, we went to, that's where the Ganga begins and we completed now the Ganga Safari and all the both sides. Gomuk was closed, but anyway, officially Ganga starts the day of Priyak, so as far as known as the Ganga, the Ganges. <laughs> So everything is very easy for us in this age. If we take advantage of the mercy that's given by the Lord, bathe in the Ganges, chant Hare Krishna, and you can take some prasadam, some holy food, read the Bhagavad Gita, try to understand what are these three modes, how we're transcendental to the three modes. Then we'll see that Krishna is transcendental, we're part of Krishna, that's why we're transcendental. So thank you for coming here every Sunday and participating in the Love Feast. Happy Mother's Day for all the mothers and for everyone. Praying for Radharani's blessing on all of us, and Subhadra, Mother Subhadra Devi. She's Yoga Maya, spiritual potency. So we always call Radha Krishna, Sita Ram, Lakshmi Narayan. We address the mother first because they're more merciful. <laughs> Address the mercy form of the Lord first. That way it's easier to get the mercy of the Lord. So we hope that today we can get more mercy.
मदर्स डे हरे कृष्णा हरे एनी क्वेश्चन जननी और जन्मभूमि the mother or the birth place or the home janmi janma bhumashya swarga tapi karesi please on that and the second thing second is not related but radha rani is not known to be mother why does krishna give us so much honor to the extent that he dresses like her and wants to become radha that's it so the last point i already answered in the class that generally people think that radha is not addressed as mother because uh of her she's serving krishna in another relationship as a consort but in the sahasra naam or the thousand names of radharani there are a number of names which address her as a supreme mother so she is also a mother just that that may not be the most common way of addressing her that may not be the predominant thing we remember when we think of mother of mother radha but she is also a mother janma bhumi it means birthplace These are kind of external things. Every time we take birth, we have a birthplace, we have parents. But we take birth many, many times. So in this life we have one Janma Bhumi, and next life we have another Janma Bhumi. In in the past thousand births, how many Janma Bhumis we had? How many mothers we had? How many fathers we had? So although we are we in a normal niti morality, we should respect. It's recommended to respect your parents, respect your janma bhumi. That's a normal niti shastra, moral code. But if you have the higher vision, that uh, our eternal Father is God, is the supreme personality of Godhead. eternal mother is lakshmi is radharani so then we are all our primary all the other mothers and fathers and all the other janma bhumi everything is representing them they are the original they are the primordial they are the most important jagatpati jagannath Krishna is known as the is sometimes Jagatpati, also the universal father, protector. Jagatpati says, "Aham bija pata pita," and the seed-giving father for all living entities. 
So we want to see things within uh, the perspective. We have a mother, we have a father, we owe, we owe them, uh, we are indebted to them. But everyone is indebted to Krishna, everyone is indebted to Krishna's energies. So that's a, a primary debt we have. We pay Krishna. Everyone else, all the mothers and fathers in this life and all the lives, will be automatically satisfied and paid. But if you're not able to serve Krishna, okay, then at least serve your parents. But if you're able to serve Krishna and your parents, well, that's the ideal situation. So Krishna is known as the root of the tree. So as far as, I don't know if that answered exactly your question, which is more important, Pita, the Janma Bhumi, or the Mother. But I'm seeing in, in a more higher level the, the relationship we need to see. The higher, most important is actually Krishna. He's our Jagat Pita. He's our Universal Father. And all other fathers and mothers are His representatives. He's also, there's a song in Bengali uh, that mother, that Krishna, Krishna Mata, Krishna Pita, Krishna Dhanapran. Krishna's mother, Krishna's father, Krishna's our life and soul. So ultimately we have to see Krishna like that. He is our mother, he is our father. It's like Brahma is born from Vishnu. There's the Lakshmi is on the side massaging Vishnu's legs. He, Vishnu gives birth. He's also mother to Brahma. The wife doesn't have to do anything. Father is giving birth. Both. He's self-sufficient. So that's why really he's mother and father. But because we're under the care of Radharani and all the energies of the Lord, they're guiding us how to serve Krishna. That way they're truly also our mother. Hare Krishna. So, how many? I have just one person. Where are you? Okay, oh, our uh, old friend. As you, um, <laughs> as everybody knows, 500 years ago, when the Mughals were ruling India and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took birth in uh, India and started on Sankirtan, which had disappeared, and he traveled everywhere. But in the last 50, 60 years, uh, why this has happened? That in the land of his birth, Bangladesh, the Sanatana Dharma and Harinam Sankirtan has totally almost disappeared. They have gone out of to another religion. And in recent past, people in Tripura and Manipur, which were Vaishnava states, they are also being converted into other religions. So, uh, what should be done to reverse the cycle? What Chaitanya Mahaprabhu initiated 500 years ago? Well, we don't talk so much about it, uh, but I'm also the GBC for Bangladesh. Of course, Lord Chaitanya appeared in West Bengal, 
And then there was the partition of India, which was very traumatic decision of the powers that were there at that time, dividing a country into two parts. America was almost divided in the Civil War, but they resisted. But somehow India didn't resist, and since that time they've been fighting wars with the parts that were separated, Pakistan repeatedly. So, that's a long history. But uh, there was, there's a last census, there's 80% are Muslims in Bangladesh and 20% are Hindus. Those 20% are under, they're a minority. And they're uh, oppressed, you could say, somewhat oppressed uh, people. They don't have the opportunities that the majority has in their country. But the Krishna Khan has been doing, we're going, uh, working with the uh, we don't get into politics, we stay out of the political scene. But well, we try to just encourage them in their own spirituality and their religion. And although basically we're not sectarian in other places, we don't mind that we're open door for any religion, any people to come. We have Muslims and Christians and many people coming. Anybody who would like to share and know more about the spiritual process, but from our point of view, we'd happy to share with them. But uh, in Bangladesh, it's quite natural that we get, at this point in time, more of the Hindus are coming. So we have about 20 temples in Bangladesh. This next year, I want to take the Ganga Safari into Bangladesh and see and visit all these holy places. There's many holy places connected to Lord Chaitanya. We have temples in Jessor, Kulna, Chattagong, Atazari, Silet, Brahmanbariya, Komila. We have a 300-year-old archaeologically uh, recognized uh, temple is our uh, center in Komila, about three kilometers from the Tripura border. And it's very difficult because this is a very poor place. When I, when I go other places, I contribute for my airfare or different expenses. When I go there, every time I have to open up my wallet and just start <laughs> giving uh, profuse donations. <laughs> and we get some, because of the donations we're getting from outside, we have some temples, we have prasad distribution, we have festivals, we have food for life. and. Uh, Recently, many temples are being offered to us in uh, Bodhishal. Hello, anybody here from Bangladesh? Many holy places there, many uh, municipal nice places. So, this minority group, they don't get support from anybody. They're very much uh, underprivileged people. So, if anybody feels concerned about them, you can just consult with me. We definitely have projects to help them. But uh, there are, at least there is a very strong minority, and if you go there, you wouldn't be surprised how much devotion they have. They're the most fired up devotees that I've seen. They're very fired up. 
Because for them just to have that belief, they have to accept so much hardship, so much persecution and difficulties. Even when I go into the country, sometimes I have to wear pants and shirt just to a, a, an initial entry point to avoid any offending anybody's sentiments. It's a difficult place, but the people there are very devoted, very enthusiastic. I was just there for a Ram Navami festival, and there was about uh, 40, 50,000 people at our temple in, uh, in Jessore, it's by the birthplace of Rupa Sanat and Goswamis. And sometimes they have even 100,000 people, but they don't, they, they, so they don't have enough money to feed all the people, Prashant. 50,000 people, it's a lot. You feed 500 or 1,000, how much? How much? <laughs> of course, food's cheaper there, but still, it's a lot. They eat simple. So, but, but we're trying in that. I can't speak so much about, of course, there are other religions, they get tremendous finance uh, from the, their missionaries. And so a lot of people are kind of purchased over. It would be good if people let people choose whichever path they find works best for them. You know, but in some poor countries, the, in the name of missionary efforts, they... <clears throat> That's a lot of the, the difficult discussion. I don't want to get into it. But there's, not, there's some unethical practices that are used to get converts by some people. You know, we're, we're quite open that people practice whichever process they have faith in. And uh, well, there should be a level playing field. So now that there are so many uh, Indians that are here in the West, we're a little bit better off. Maybe we can make some non-profit to, to just help the underprivileged uh, people. Anybody who wants to practice Krishna consciousness in some underprivileged place, let them have an opportunity. Please provide them either prasadam, education, basic facilities. And we, then we would have a little bit, we would compete a little bit on a level field, okay, but at least we're giving you the basic needs. We can discuss later. Now I think we're over time. So thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.